0: Ahoy, motherfuckers. Welcome to Hindsight. I'm Derek. As always, I'm joined by Brandon. And we are joined by the one, the only, the, I don't even have words to quantify just how wonderful this person is, but my sister, my partner in crime, like been there since, since, since makes everything better from the single simulcast Shante, Shante, how are you doing?
1: I'm great. Burr, 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 burr.
0: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, where's my where's my iPad when I need it? God damn no, I'm it. Great.
1: I'm I'm great though. I'm happy to be on. Kind of as far as the movie, but still happy to be on.
0: Ooh, this movie. Brandon, how are you?
2: I'm doing wonderful.
0: I'd never seen this movie before.
2: And I saw it today. You didn't and see the version. Rishali, that we you clearly have a type what you have a type i ain't got no type what the crow now this you got a type what's the
0: type because you have a type you have a real type
2: yeah i like good movies
0: no wait fuck you what's the type that i got like you're saying i i, I choose b- you're saying the crow was a bad movie no i, so, like, the crow. I like this movie so wait 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 but now i'm curious type what's my type weird white dudes. Oh. (laughs) Well, I mean, if a movie came out in the 80s and the 90s, it was a pretty good chance that it was going to be starring a weird white dude. So. Not like these two weird. (laughs) (laughs) Also, does Brandon Lee really count as a weird white dude?
2: He had a white face, so he's white to me.
1: (laughs) i mean it's, it's definitely he's he's kind of around he would be kind of around in a way
0: yeah i mean when you see him without the the face paint on he definitely can make it into a mosh pit and not get thrown out i was at a rap show once and a mosh pit broke out that was scary that's something that you don't expect like ever I was dismayed. (laughs) Anyhow, today, the movie that Brandon liked but uh, doesn't understand why I put it on my uh, favorite movies of all time list is The Professional. However, with that said, we didn't watch The Professional. We watched Leon, The Professional. And that shit's important because the professional is the version of leon the professional that americans got to see but leon the professional is the extended version that came out everywhere else and okay let's do this the synopsis for leon the professional is this um, IMDB says the, 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 the synopsis of the professional is Matilda, a 12 year old girl is reluctantly taken in by Leon, a professional assassin after her family's murder. An unusual relationship forms as she becomes his protege and learns the assassin's trade. My version of this, my synopsis, the hindsight synopsis is Gary Oldman tries his best to save a movie in which Natalie Portman is written to be a 12 year old girl who really wants to fall in love and fuck an assassin. Did I miss something? Mm-mm. No. At least the assassin didn't reciprocate. I'm glad you mentioned that. So here's the thing. In the
2: version I watched, he didn't. Here's the yeah, thing he about,
0: he did not, but here's the thing. According to John Reno, who played Leon, he decided to play Leon as if he was a little bit uh, like he was mentally delayed and emotionally repressed. He felt that this will make audiences relax and realize that he wasn't someone who would take advantage of a vulnerable young girl. Reno claims that for Leon, the possibility of a physical relationship with Matilda is not even conceivable. And as such, during the scenes when such a relationship is discussed, Reno very much allowed Portman to be emotionally in control of the scenes. With that said, Luc Besson, the guy who wrote the movie, he didn't write it that way. He wrote it, so then it was, like, really uncomfortable as far as the relationship that Matilda was trying to build with Leon. And watching it now as opposed to watching it when it initially came out in 1994 when I was 14, it's cringe. Definitely. So...
1: from like the first, from the opening, from when you see Natalie Portman interacting with Jean Renault, it is just like, oh shit, he really shot it, wrote it, directed her in this kind of way. Like mm-hmm. it's right there.
0: And like from the very, like you said, very beginning, she's looking at him before situations even even conspire that cause them to have to come together she's looking at him like he can save her um or that he can rescue her from the life that she's in um and there's a scene later on in the movie where i uh noted that she She's 12. She's 12. And um, there's a scene where she says that she's falling in love with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he asks how she knows. And she mm-hmm. mentions essentially that instead of having a knot in her stomach like she usually has, she feels warm. And I want so badly to believe that that is her. saying that she's feeling parental love because he's looking out for her in a way that nobody else ever has. But, I I mean, to me, it seems like parental love. But since she's never felt parental love before, she just conflates those feelings into a like an Eros level of love. But she says the knot in her stomach is gone. And now she just feels warm, which... That was that was a thing. I would have liked it more if she said, I just feel peaceful. But, you know, I still feel like she's definitely mixing the two up until she goes too far and starts trying to get the dude to kiss her and starts telling folks that he's her lover and all this other kind of stuff.
1: Yeah.
2: So. I wonder if this is based on some type of true story. I hope not because that seems like the only reason why someone would write this. Like I I I watch I read a lot, I mean, I listen to a lot of true crime um podcasts.
0: Do you, do you listen to uh Wine Dine and Storytime? No, but let me write that down. Yeah, you should. There I one of the things that I found out from walking around Twitter recently is there's a lot of good true crime podcasts. So there's that one there's um podcast Riddle, there's I'll give you a list. Like there's a whole group of people who just do true crime and I'm like, "Damn, white folks eat this up." And Brandon,
2: oh yeah, I love it. I listen to the last podcast on left every week. Yeah, um, that's one of them. Th- I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and th- this thing is not that uncommon in that realm. I should to I guess I should say. So, it came off to me as someone who'd never seen this movie before, like maybe like Maybe there was some type of serial killer around that time, like in the early 90s, late 80s, that kind of this story was based off of because a lot of those stories have, like, young girls. Usually it's, like, 18, 17, 16, 15 age, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. 11, 12, 13, mm-hmm. but it's usually, like, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, age. Those A lot of those true crime stories have, like, a lot of young girls that age who are, like, somehow intrigued with this serial killer and you know tries to get get around the serial killer follow it around you know sometimes they have statutory stuff like it it it, that's very common in the serial serial killer you know true crime genre so i was wondering i was just curious if that was based on somebody real because other than that i don't know why you would like make that story up that's a weird story to make up if it's not based on anything to me it's like a weird director's choice that's a weird way that's a choice if it's not based on like if it's something based on true it's like okay I'm, i'm depicting what happened in real life but if it's not it's like that's a weird choice to make
0: yeah and I mean, in all of the shows that I listen to, which also shout out to the Reverie True Crime podcast, good folks, these stories that they're telling are—I mean, okay—the stories they're telling are truly dark, and they're 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 true crime, and 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 usually you walk away from them like, look. And when I was younger and watched this movie, it really didn't hit me just how bad of a situation that Matilda was growing up in. like the house she lived in was a literal shithole i'm I, I didn't notice until I watched it this one this this very last time i didn't notice I didn't see the writing on the wall) <laughs> <laughs> But folks have literally done math problems on the wall. The bathtub is all black and just nasty. The walls are all cracked up and gross. And, you know, they got roaches in their cereal box. Um, but to begin the story, to begin the movie, Leon, and it's, it's John Reno. That, that makes sense. I've been calling him Reno my whole life because, you know, that's right outside of uh, my state. But um, Leon gets a call from Tony who is a mafia head and also like his handler. And he tells him that there is a guy who isn't answering the phone. And so we figure that if you go and you uh, see this guy, he'll finally answer the phone call. This guy shows up at a hotel every Tuesday and um, to meet up with his girlfriend somehow this guy and his squad of bodyguards have set up camera systems in this hotel that allow them to monitor when people are coming up and down the stairs don't know if they paid somebody for that beforehand or what however it doesn't really matter because leon is pretty much um he's like the wind he pulls how up do
2: on you know if you're good at serial killing. Like, how do you test that?
0: You don't have a choice. Maybe. Or yeah, you're a means- psychopath or a yeah. sociopath.
1: Yeah, I figure serial killing is just about the buildup. You start with one thing and kind of realize you can get away with that thing, and then you get away with that thing and get away with that thing, and and then there you go.
0: I'm reading a book for ratchet book club called, uh, the cartel. Um, now we're on the cartel part Two: uh, tell it a murder mamas. And one of the things that gets discussed in the book is how they, because the murder mamas are a bunch of hit women, how they got started. And basically what they say is the first time they did it, they felt sick to their stomach, but the second time it felt a little bit easier. You know, like the dude said on um on, on Oz. He was like, when I killed the first person, I threw up. By the fifth time, I didn't feel anything. I felt great. So some folks just have that, that they're built for it, I guess. Where it's just, you get used to it over time. I mean, it's the same way that somebody who was in Vietnam, unfortunately. As time went on, you just get used to what you have to do to survive. And if it's your job, then it's your job. However, the bodyguards weren't prepared for uh, Leon. And um, so the squad of bodyguards and two people of color, and one of them is uh, indigenous American, and they nicknamed him Tonto, which is fucked up. Very. Um, Tonto, the indigenous American, is guarding like the, the bottom floor. And Leon sneaks up on him and grabs his, uh, his walkie-talkie and has him call up to the front. And so the guy who's hiding out, Mazzoli or something like that, says, yo, and the indigenous American bodyguards, like there's somebody down here to, to, that needs to talk to you. He's coming up and he says, how's he look? And then the indigenous bodyguards like he looks serious and then he's dead. Also, the black guy who's bodyguarding is dead. They don't even show him dying. It's just implied he went down the stairs and you hear two shots. He hangs somebody from ceiling tiles, which is incredible because those ceiling tiles must have been strong as shit. Um, And he shoots
2: all this shit going down in an apartment building and no one calls the cops for 50 fucking minutes. This is the question. How is, even in New York in 1994. Even in New York in
0: 1994. How does um, four or five bodyguards that are left over run out onto the balcony? And then like this steel door, like the ones they put in front of uh, gross or in front of bodegas uh, when they close up at night. How that just slide down over a, a, a penthouse balcony?
2: I think that was part of his security system.
0: How does he have a security system in someone else's hotel?
2: Because if you're rich and you book the same hotel room every week, it's your room.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> so all it is. Oh, my my watch won't mind its own business. Um, so then, after all of that, it's just all he wants her. To, all he wants him to do: dial this number, talk to this dude. Uh, the dude's girlfriend comes out and is like, I'm going to talk to you later, baby. And she just bounces out on his ass. And on the way home, was that
2: his girlfriend?
0: No, but okay. we're going to call her his girlfriend for the day at the very least. Okay. She was, I, I don't want to imply that she was a sex worker. We don't know. She didn't seem like she cared too much about that. Nigga. She dipped out quickly, <laughs> hella quickly. Um, and on the way home, Leon gets his two quarts of milk from the bodega. And as he's walking up the stairs to his uh, apartment, he sees a kid holding a cigarette while some fanciful Final, Final Fantasy type music plays in the background. This is Matilda, and she says hi as he comes by and he asks her why she hid her cigarette, which she's holding. I already said that. Uh, and she said it's because the building's full of rats and she doesn't want her father to find out. And I I wanted to say that what she had was a black eye, but it's at the very least bruises on her face. And she says she fell off her bike. Um, Leon goes into his uh, apartment and Stansfield comes out of Matilda's apartment. And at this time, his partner, Malky, is telling Matilda's father that at some point, the 100% pure dope that they had became 90% pure dope. And so we're going to need you to figure out what happened to the rest of it because somebody cut like 10%. Her dad's like, I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on. He's like, Malky's like, look, dude, you don't want me to go get this guy's attention because if I go get his attention, he's got this thing where he sniffs people out and it's really freaky and he's never wrong. and You don't want to deal with it. And her dad is like, I don't know what's going on. So Stansfield comes over and he starts sniffing all around his body, sniffing all his neck and all that kind of stuff. Turns out the sniffing thing was completely improvised, which is why her dad looked so shocked when he started doing it. And Stansfield's like, you know what? I believe you. But what I'm going to need you to do is find out who did cut our uh, dope by noon tomorrow. And then Malky and Stan leave, and her father stands at the railing and yells down to them in a full apartment building. Well, obviously, the apartment building ain't shit. But he stands there and yells down to them about, I didn't do nothing with the drugs. Who knows what you're talking about? And then um, he turns around and slaps Matilda in the face for smoking. The next day, because we're just going to skip past Leon setting up his Sitting in a chair with his glasses on and sleeping with his eyes open, basically, because that shit was wild. He's an assassin through and through. I guess we didn't skip past it. Anyhow, the next day, instead of getting the fuck out of town. Matilda's dad like does nothing. I mean, he has sex with his wife while telling her that uh, he screwed up. But other than that, he does nothing. And Matilda's school calls and asks why she hasn't been at school in two weeks. And Matilda acts like she's her mom and says, Because she's dead. What's the really stupid lie that a kid would think was suitable for this circumstance? Your child hasn't been to school in two weeks, Mr. Jones. I wanted to know what was going on. He, uh, he, uh, he got kidnapped. Yeah. And then we couldn't pay the ransom. And so they sent us his body parts. Yeah. And, um, couldn't get there in time so uh he's dead
2: so
0: i, I might have missed
2: if you said this because i think i missed it in the show are these people gangsters are they a dea agents
0: they the cops
2: they we just find- regular
0: ass cops they just regular ass I don't think they're DEA because they work in just the well. I don't know if DEA works in the police department. I don't know how cops work. I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with
2: that shit. They bust in that man's house and shot a four-year-old.
0: They bust in that man's house and shoot every fucking body. He took some drugs, Stan took some drugs and um said to them, yo, do you like do you like Beethoven? and Malky's like I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like you should you should live more. You should you should listen to Beethoven. And then Stan literally goes into her house and pretty much murders everybody in the house while singing along to a Beethoven beat that is only in his head. And then after that he comes back out and he talks with uh, Matilda's dad. And he's like, yo, I said at noon, it's 12.01. Sorry we're late. Where's the dope? And her dad is like, I told you, I don't know where the dope is. So they start to, they start to uh, tear the joint up looking for the dope. And then... Um, Matilda's dad stupidly has a shotgun that he's been hiding in the uh, corner of his room. And he thinks that this is a good time to pull it out. And so he shoots he shoots uh, Stan in the shoulder and shoots another dude in the back. And Willie, a Rastafarian white guy who let his hair get all dirty and clumped up uh, gets scared and shoots with his machine gun through the walls and shoots Matilda's little brother. That's been hiding under the bed. Hold on one second.
3: Can you hear it? It's like when you put your head to the grass, We said noon. I've got one minute past. You don't like Beethoven. You don't know what you're missing. Overtures like that get my juices flowing. So powerful. But after his openings, to be honest, he does tend to get a little fucking boring. That's why I stopped. <laughs> Touch the apartment.
0: Gary Oldman, I just want to say this right now without any hesitation. is the MVP of this entire movie. Every opportunity he got to be great, he was like, I'm not passing it up for none of you motherfuckers. I just want to congratulate him for everything that he's done in this movie and everything he brought to this movie. Because without him, you know, so then he murders the father and loaded him with hella shots because the father took one shot at Garrett at a stand and fucked up his suit, (laughs) like shot up his, hit his shoulder. An old lady comes out of her uh, apartment after it's all said and done is asked, why don't they leave that poor family alone? So Stan licks one shot right past her head into the window and tells her, he said, go back inside. (laughs) (laughs) Matilda's walking back from the store and sees the carnage in the apartment and walks right past the Leon's apartment. And she rings the doorbell and begs him to open the door. And he actually contemplates it like. What am I? what good can I bring to this before he lets her in? Uh, they see that there's one kid missing from the pictures and the guy's about to knock on Leon's door. But then Matilda sh- turns on the Transformers hella loud. So the guy walks away. And another dude is like, "Yo, I'm gonna go and ask a super about a little girl, a missing little girl in the midst of a massacre. And I don't think that's wise. The cops come in and, and Stan tells the Rasta man, Willie, to talk to the cops, and Willie asked "What should he tell them?" And Stan says, "Tell them that we were doing our fucking jobs." Brandon, how'd <laughs> you like the intro?
2: They murdered the entire group of people for no reason. Mm-hmm. For what uh, a
0: kilo of coke? Was that even a kilo? It was one. Uh, uh, it 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 was part of a whole, though. They wanted their whole one hundred percent uncooked dope. Dough- or uncut dope, and the dad lied. What I was wondering about was what the fuck was the dad's job? Was he a cop? Was he just a side dude that was that they found randomly, like a, a parolee? He was a drug dealer. I didn't. I did not. He seemed too inept. What do you think, Shante? Uh.
1: The opening's fine. I don't know if the dude was a drug. It's unclear what his real job is. Uh, as far as the dad, it's unclear whether he was just supposed to be holding the dope, if he was supposed to distribute the dope at some point, or whatever. It's it's definitely unclear. Mm-hmm. It's just clear that he fucked with the wrong motherfucker and died for it. Like that's clear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what his you know job description is is.
0: Is unusual. So Matilda um, go is in Leon's uh, apartment and he's like, I'm sorry about your family. And she basically says, fuck them all except for my brother. That motherfucker was foreign. He was blameless. And she asks him what his, what his name is and he tells her and she's like, cute name. <laughs> then she opens up his gun bag and declares that the shit inside of it is cool and asks him to teach her how to be a hitman. So while she's asleep, he contemplates murdering her. <laughs> this happens on the extended version. I had never seen this before, and I laughed. Like, he holds the gun to her head and really thinks about just shooting her in her sleep, but doesn't. Uh, he does tell her the next day that she has to get the fuck out after breakfast, and she's like, if if you teach me how to be a cleaner, I'll teach you how to read. I was very,
2: com- I was very confused about that part. Why, why did he run up on her while she was asleep? Cause she's more trouble than she's worth. She ain't his kid. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think. Yeah, I figured it was. He could end it right now. Get rid of her. She. I mean, she's already like her family's already dead. Nobody's really gonna care, and it would just be over. And he could Mm -hmm. just move on with this. He could just continue with his life being a hitman and not be responsible for this twelve-year-old girl.
0: Mm -hmm. But he has a heart. No, he has. He has the rule: no women, no children. Yeah, and that's his heart. That's the type of shit that'll get you fucked up in that situation. And she tells him that he's responsible for her and that he could have let her die at his door the day before. And I'm like, he had a gun to your head, so he ain't that responsible. Um, But he tells her that he doesn't think that she can do it. So he gives her a gun and tells her good luck. He works alone. And then he says... I don't think he can do it. So she goes to the window and licks off six shots blindly into the street. <laughs> Insane.
1: Oh wow!
0: So they have to move like expeditiously, <laughs> and so he tells her to never do that again, or he'll break her head because there's rules to the game. And they check into another hotel, and she signs him in and uses the name of a girl at her school that she hates, so that then if something happens um they'll she'll take the heat That's smart Leon asks how old Matilda is, and she tells him eighteen now again, this is in the extended version. He says she looks very young and he asks or she asks if he wants to see her license. Uh, she also says that she doesn't want to be a hitman, she just wants him to teach her the theory of being a hitman, so he goes and gets a training sniper rifle from uh Tony. And teaches Matilda how to use it. Rule number one never open up the scope until the last minute because it reflects light. She asks who she should hit, not what, but who she should hit. I just want to point out from the very beginning that Matilda's a little bit scary. Like, natural. Shoo. Oh, boy. Um, she draws down on some black children, but because the rule is no women, no kids, she aims at a jogger in yellow and orange, who I guess is somebody important because he had hella security. Um, also, at this point in time, I Googled whether or not the phrase up the yin yang was racist. Because I'm not sure. And Google didn't know. So to err on the side of caution, I don't use it. But he did have a lot of se- he had hella security. Let's just say that. Anyway, she shoots the jogger and it's a paintball. She didn't know it was a paintball. She just drawn down on motherfuckers. I don't think I don't think Leon told her it was a fucking paintball until she shot him because she turned to him immediately afterwards and was like, can we shoot with real bullets now? No. And Leon is like, nah, we need to pack up and go. That's enough. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> then he goes back and he sees Tony and he asks Tony to let him use his money someday because he wants to give some of it away to help out. And Tony's like, it's your money. I'm just holding on to it like a bank, except better because banks get knocked off. And at that point, I realized Tony ain't got his fucking money.
1: Not at all. That money gone.
0: Point scene money gone. Was it The Wire where he, where somebody was like, yo, the problem is When you hold on to somebody else's money, you start thinking it's your money. I don't remember where that came from, but it hits me every time I see Tony like, yo, I got your money and I'll I'll dole it out to you in bits and pieces instead of just giving you the whole thing. But while they're talking, Leon sees Matilda talking to a stranger and he doesn't like that. So he tells her to stop cussing and stop smoking and she says okay to both. Uh, He also tells her not to talk to the stranger that she's talking to because he looks like a weirdo. And then the scene happens where she tells him that she's fallen in love with him. And he asks how she knows. And she says that instead of having the knot in her stomach, she feels warm. Which, again, I'm just going to cloud that over to her just feeling safe. uh leon gets up to go do another job and while he's gone matilda watches him walk away at least this at, at least at first i thought that she felt parental love and then she went downstairs and was talking to the front counter guy and they're talking about music and he asks what her father does and she tells him that he's a composer and then she says but he isn't actually my father he's my lover somebody wrote this Luke Basson wrote this script
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's not official that whole part is just yuck so after she uh tells him that she that he's that they're not father and daughter she goes back to her apartment And she's walking through. I I thought she was getting clothes, but she's actually getting money to pay to get um, Stan and and the rest of the the cops hit. And while she's there, uh, Stan and the DEA actually come back to her apartment um, to do a, not the DEA, but invest, invest uh, IA um, internal affairs comes back. And so they get there and they're asking Stan, "Yo, can you walk us through what exactly happened here?" Yeah, this happens.
3: And then we'll try to make this as short as possible. Now, if you'll just take us step by step through exactly what happened. The guy was here. He went for his gun.
0: Bang! We shot him. Bang! Well, we're exactly where exactly were the kids? I don't
3: know. They should have been at school, don't you think? But in your statement you said you were the first man in, didn't you see any kids? The door was broken. What happened? Did you follow the procedure? I lost a good man here. What the fuck do you want with me?
1: Cooperation.
3: I haven't got time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. <coughs> cooperation? I'm at my office. Room 4602. <laughs>
0: We got time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. But now she knows the room that he, the, <laughs> the office that he's in and uh, has the, has a taxi cab follow stand back to the police department where she finds out that they're all cops. Uh, Leon gets back to the hotel and Matilda's already there and Leon gets her address and you know, she's like, it's pretty. And then there's a knock on the door and it's a hotel manager with two men for backup and he doesn't look happy at all. So they have to move expeditiously. <laughs> and when they get to their next location, Matilda attempts to pay Leon to go and kill Stan and the cops who killed, his, killed her family. And he tells her no, but that she could do it herself. And this again is in the extended version. He tells her that to say and once you kill someone. So she plays Russian roulette to threaten him into saying that he loves her. He snatched her hand away from her head right before she pulls the trigger and a bullet goes into the wall. I've never seen this before. And seeing the regular version and then seeing the extended version, I was just like, this is so unnecessary. This is all so extraneous. Like this movie was supposed to be an hour and 30 minutes long. I don't have time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. But because it's the extended version, Leon introduces Matilda to Tony. And then he does like this take your child to work type montage where he takes Matilda to a hit at a dope dealer's house. And again, she shoots him with a paintball gun. And Leon gives her instructions like the second shot has to either hit the heart or the lungs. It can't still be in the stomach. You got to do a kill shot. And Leon gives her instructions before he kills the guy on his own. And then she burns up all the dope. So then he takes her out to dinner and she asks for a kiss and he says no. And this is while she's also like guzzling champagne at a restaurant, an upscale restaurant surrounded by a whole bunch of upscale white people who aren't batting an eye at this little girl telling this man, kiss me. And is guzzling down champagne and giggling and laughing like she's drunk off her ass. One thing that I.
2: hmm? They were drunk, too.
0: Well, one thing I don't like about the movie is that it seems like it's, it's completely unrealistic in regards to how people react to things that are right in front of their faces. Mm-hmm.
2: You do see kind of a bunch of wild shit in New York in 1994.
0: Yeah, but one thing you ain't going to see as a 12 year old telling an a, a old ass man, kiss me and then getting drunk in front of you. Somebody should have stood up and been like, look, buster. This is not the way. I don't have time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. (sighs) After that, because this is the extended version and it's so unnecessary in so many ways, they do a montage of Hitman door entries. And in the last Hitman door entry, uh, the guy is overzealous, so they he shoots through the door, like shoots holes through the door. So Leon tells Matilda about his ring trick and throws a grenade into the room. Um, then Matilda uh, gets told by Leon that she needs to grow up and he needs to grow up, and he basically abandons her, more or less. So she uh, lives alone for a while, goes out, buys milk, milk, stuff like that. And then finally, she decides to just go run up on Stan on her own. So she leaves a note for Leon saying that I am going to the police department. If I don't make it, here's the money for my uh, brother. She goes in with a bunch of food like she's a pizza delivery person. And again, walks into a police department with a box of food and a bag of guns and walks into the men's restroom. Nobody finds that weird. And and she has a conversation with Stan.
3: Special delivery, huh? let me guess. Chinese. Thai, maybe. I've got it. Italian food. What's your name, Angel? Matilda. (coughs) Matilda. I want you to put the sack on the floor. I want you to tell me everything you know about Italian food. And don't forget the name of the chef who fixed it for me.
4: Nobody sent me. I do business for myself.
3: So th- th- this, this is something personal. What did I do now?
4: You killed my brother. I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) And you want to join him. It's always the same thing. start to become really afraid of death that you learn to appreciate life do you like life sweetheart
4: yes it's
3: good because I take no pleasure Life. If it's from a person who doesn't care about it.
1: Stan. Stan? Shit Stan. I've been looking all over for you, man. There's said check upstairs and was upstairs I came down. I'm busy.
3: Here... Smoking man, he's dead. Malky was making a buy for us from the Chinaman. Yo, but they got nothing to do with it, man. They told me this guy came from the outside. He was a pro. <clears throat> he was fast. He fucking came out of nowhere. <clears throat> Boom. Shoots the Chinaman dead in two seconds. Easy, man. I'm a cop. Then turns around and says something to Malki like, No women, no kids.
0: I just wonder if Willie said that with he said something like, no women, no kids. Or if he was just like, no women, no kids. But, you know, neither here nor there. So basically. uh, Stan is like, yo, I'm gonna go check this out. You go ahead and take her up to my office. And he goes up to uh, Stan's office and is sitting there with her while he's eating the pizza that she brought and also thumbing through her arsenal. And Leon comes in, punches the front desk guard in the face, goes upstairs, kills Willie, retrieves Matilda, gets back into the taxi that he was in, rides off. We'll be back to hindsight after this brief break.
1: This is Wine, Dine, and Storytime. I'm Nydia. I'm Dana. I'm Cindy. And we're your hosts. Have you ruined a family gathering by asking what wine pairs well with eating a husband? Are you the CEO of TMI? Have you ever been kicked under the table because you brought up your favorite dinner topic, atrocities throughout history? Then this podcast is perfect for you. Each week, Dana and I share stories based on topics that include true crime, historical shenanigans, unexplained mysteries, and all things fascinating while our amateur chef, Cindy, Prepares themed dinners and pairs wines based on those topics. Find us, the Wine Dine and Storytime podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a follow.
4: I'm Paige, the host of Reverie True Crime. I tell stories of helpless victims, vicious killers, predators watching their prey before they strike, survivors, petty crimes. People we think we know, who do the unthinkable, and the dangers that lurk not only in the dead of night, but in plain sight and the light of day. Every once in a while, I'll also tell stories of the frightening paranormal, elusive cryptids, haunted locations, and conspiracies that may be silly or thought-provoking. You can listen to Reverie True Crime wherever you're listening to this podcast. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Reverie Crime Pod. Facebook, Instagram, and even Tumblr at Reverie True Crime. Remember, stay safe, be aware of your surroundings at all times, and take care.
0: scary ghosts creepy serial killers horrible horoscopes open shutters is a creepy podcast guaranteed to make your skin crawl join hosts barry marino and philip landry as they take you on a hair-raising journey recorded in the most haunted city in america new orleans louisiana open shutters is available on spotify anchor apple google and many others Enjoy the view from the open shutters.
3: But don't fall out of the window.
1: (laughs) Are you fascinated by true crime like us?
3: If so, check out our podcast, Crime Divers, hosted by me, Jill. And me, Laura. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday when we discuss true crime from
2: around
1: the world. So what are you waiting for? Come join us as we dive in.
3: Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel
0: the rage. God. So, Shante, you saw Leon the Professional, right? Yes. So after that is the scene that I refuse to watch because it just felt like the scene where she literally asked him to take her virginity. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So we skip past that, like her getting all dressed up in in the dress that he bought her and everything, and asking him to take her virginity, which is just like not cool in a billion different ways. Um, I just want to make sure that that was that scene because I don't remember or I didn't see it. Uh, But hmm?
1: that scene, I mean, he wrote it's yeah. I mean that that happens, and he tells her. Uh, he recounts why he ended up in America. I think during that scene where, you know, she's saying what she's saying, but then he's telling her, uh, he tells her this whole story about how there was a girl who he liked. I'm I'm assuming in Italy, because I'm assuming he's Italian. There was a girl that he liked who came from a well-to-do family whose father did not like Leon because Leon did not come from a well-to-do family. And the father kills the daughter because she's still seeing Leon. And he ends up in jail for like two days or two weeks or whatever. But they let him out because it gets ruled as an accident. And so then Leon rolls up on him with... I guess, I guess with like a site or something, you know, some kind of long form or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounded like. And he kills the dad. You know, he says that he had an accident and then he was on a boat or whatever and was out, you know, and came to see, you know, his dad here in America who was working for Tony. And that that whole and, you know, he's never had a girl. He says he's never had a girlfriend since then and and all this different kind of stuff. And specifically says to Matilda, that is why he would not be a good lover, which on the one hand, uh, throughout the whole movie, I think you could say, okay, Leon is not with this shit Mm -hmm. at all, at all. Like he is not with it, but I feel like him telling her that somehow he has a deficiency of some sort because of his experience, <clears throat> excuse me, almost makes it seem like, if it, it almost would. calls into, yes, it almost calls into question the refusals mm-hmm. that we've seen. Because I feel like without him saying, that's why I wouldn't make a good lover, mm-hmm. It almost sound it. it, It's like, are we? It you could. It could go either way. It could be him saying he wouldn't be a good lover for anyone. You know, like this is just him acknowledging his inability to be that person now. Or is it about him not being a good lover to Matilda? And it's weird. And it just it feels weird. It's just it's unclear. Or, I, or it's not even that it's unclear. It's just I think it could go either way. And maybe that's the problem with this movie. And maybe that's something that Luke Besson did not think about. That on the one hand, you have your intention as a writer, as a director. But everybody else, once, you know, once it goes out, everyone else is bringing their own experience to it. Their own interpretations of what they're seeing. Unless it's like really, really, really explicit. And it feels like it could go either way.
0: And um, it was stated that when the film was first tested in LA, the version that was screened was the extended version. Uh, and when they got to the scene where Matilda asked Leon to be her lover, the audience became extremely uncomfortable and began to laugh nervously, which completely destroyed the tone of the film. Uh, the film received terrible test scores, at the screening. And as such, the producer and writer decided to cut the this- the scene for theatrical release. Yeah, I don't see that scene. Oh, yeah, no. No, yeah. So when I first saw this movie, never saw that. Didn't see it till I still haven't seen it. I just know it happened. And I was like, nope, mm -mm, nope, 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 nope. So knowing that there was an extended version, a director's cut, if you will, out there somewhere, knowing that this is out there, knowing that the Snyder cut was out there, makes me very put out not just for this movie but for other movies which we'll discuss in just a little bit um but after that scene happens after Wooly's dead because Leon comes in and kills him and then he tells um Matilda I could if I would but I can't so I won't basically y'all don't see my eyes rolling but I hope you can hear it through the through I hope you can feel the vibes of the side eyes and just the angst that I have about this. Um, They go back to Tony's restaurant where Tony is throwing a birthday party uh, for somebody. It can't be one of his kids because they're calling him by name, um, but they're all singing happy birthday and applauding and all that. And then a bunch of people walk into his restaurant and Stan comes in and one of the reasons why this movie is so great happened right here. I have a lot of respect for your business, Tony. When you've you've killed for us in the past, we've, uh, we've always been
3: satisfied. And that's exactly why today is going to be very, very hard for me. I hope you'll excuse my mood. My man was killed right here on your turf. And the chinks tell me that the hitman was kind of the, uh, Italian type. So we figured that, uh, Tony might know something. Wait. There's more. You're gonna love this. A few hours later, a little 12-year-old girl comes into my office, armed to the teeth, with a firm intention of sending me straight to the morgue. And you know who came and got her in the middle of the afternoon, right there in my building? The very same Italian hitman.
0: I'm dying to meet him. (laughs) I'm sorry. In 1994... The only villain that I knew, I only knew two villains that had really captivated me before 1994. And it was Hans Gruber and the Joker from the 1989 Batman. Alan Rickman didn't play Hans Gruber over the top at all. Stansfield is over the top. And he's over the top in a way that is so sinister that it's just like, every time I hear it, I just giggle. Brandon, what did you think about Stansfield?
2: I didn't know what he was until we did this review. Even though I watched the movie, I was very confused to whether he was part of the law or against the law or in the law but against the law. I wasn't sure what was going on. I just know he was terrible. And it kept making me wonder, like, you watch all these movies in the '90s and TV shows, and like ninety percent, ninety-five percent of the TV shows and movies that got cops in them, they're all terrible. Like in the '90s, like every movie or TV show is dirty cop, bad cop, cop that goes too far, cop that doesn't listen to people, cop that's over aggressive, just over and over and over again. Like every single thing, and then people go, oh, you know. But most cops are good cops. And I'm like, why is every movie bad cops? <laughs> like, y'all watch these movies and, like, watch all these bad, co- like, everything else in movie and TV shows, y'all believe when you see, like, stereotypical black people you think, and you don't live around black people you think, oh, that must be how black people are. Uh, same thing with uh, other races of people but with the cops, is like oh, you not, know, that's just TV. And this is another example of that.
0: Yeah, no, he really did make me believe that at the very least, New York cops weren't shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was 14. I wasn't going all the way out until into all cops were assholes at this point in time. The only thing that had happened at that point in time with us was Rodney King that I knew of. So, yeah. So Tony gives up a... Uh, he gives up the ghost he, he snitches on where uh stan can find leon at and stan shows up with like a swat team like an alpha team and an omega team and they snatch up uh, matilda she's coming back from the store and they're like hey uh is there a secret knock that you use to let him know that you're outside and she's like yes and so she uses the secret knock and or they she tells him what the secret knock is and the guy gets on the walkie-talkie and tells Stan Alpha team's in final position we're ready to go. And Stan says and I quote, "Go. Be careful." And I don't think they listened because they go in and Leon can kill anything moving at any time in any place ever. And so he murders all of these uh, SWAT members that are in his apartment. And honestly, I didn't know if this was his actual apartment, if they had went back to the first apartment or if they were where they were at this point in time, because they've moved so many times, but basically Leon knows the ins and outs of the entire place. And so he's reaching down from over the top of the door and just shooting people up and murdering everybody. And it gets to the point where he's killed pretty much, you know, everybody that's in the, the, the building with him. And so at that point, um, Stan gets told, you know, they're all dead. And so Stan is like, yo, send in everyone. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, what do you mean? And Stan is like, everyone. And it's like such a great scene. I can't even do it justice. Alpha team. man down, man down. I told you,
3: Benny. Bring me
0: everyone. What do you mean everyone? Everyone! Like literally bring me the whole police department. Everyone. And so the entire precinct comes down, go up against Leon. And it don't work. Leon stuffs Matilda into a, uh, into the wall basically in a way reminiscent of how they escaped at the beginning of the matrix, but stuff's her in the wall and's like, yo, don't come out until it's all said and done and takes on the mob and wins until he's walking out. He walks out because he puts on um, a SWAT team uniform and walks out amongst the injured and the maimed who still have their limbs. And you think he's going to walk out scot-free Nope. until Stan walks up on him from behind and shoots him in the back of the head. And you see the light fade out on Leon. And Stan stands over him and they talk. God, I forgot this is the extended version. Why the fuck did I have him walking up on this motherfucker for like three minutes holding out a gun? Shit's on some Christopher Nolan Batman shit. So anyways, he walks up on Leon and he pulls the trigger and basically dome shots him. But before he dies, Stan comes over and is like, is there any last words? And Leon is like, are you Stan? And he's like, yeah, I am. And he's like, yeah, I have a message for you from Matilda. And so, uh, he puts something in his hands and then he dies. And Stan opens up his hand and it's a grenade, a ring, a pin for a grenade.
3: at your service. This is from...
0: Opens up his uh, opens up Leon's vest to find that while he gave him one ring, he's got like eight explosives strapped to his chest. And so Stansfield dies in a blaze of glory as the entire bottom floor of this uh, building gets blown out. So obviously Leon's dead, Stanfield's dead. Matilda's family's dead. The only thing that's not dead other than Matilda's the plant. So her and the plant go to another school or go back to school rather where she checks in and they're like, why were you gone for so long? And she was like, you really wouldn't believe it.
2: Didn't she tell the principal she was dead? Yeah.
0: Earlier. Well, her, her mom who had a deep voice, like a guy tells her that she was dead. And so she goes, I'm sorry. She goes and sees Tony at first. And Tony's like, Leon's dead. And he, she's like, Yeah, he's dead. And he, Tony's like, So, what I'll do is I'll start giving you money. I'll give you like $100 here, or $100 there. You know, Tony's like the bank, except I don't get knocked off. And that's when I was like, I hope Tony gets knocked off.
2: Is she living on her own. Living nope, she goes of back. Money?
0: Off of Leon's money, but she goes back to the Spencer school. Mm-hmm and rings the doorbell like she, and try to smooth out her hair, and then tells the truth, kind of.
4: Died in a car accident four weeks ago. It was terrible.
3: You know, we didn't have the time to get to know one another when you first came here, but I want you to know that I'm not the kind of woman who'd let down a child, whatever her situation. Whatever her mistake. So I'm going to help you and do my best to welcome you here again. But on one condition, you have to stop lying to me, Matilda. I want you to take a chance. And trust me. Now tell me what happened to you.
4: Okay. <coughs> my family got shot down by DA officers. Because of a drug problem. I left with the greatest guy in her. He was a hitman. The best in town. But he died this morning. And if you don't help me, I'll be dead by
0: tonight. I feel like the teacher was like, all right, she's still lying. <laughs> like, even though that music was playing, I feel like the teacher was like, you still in this book? I literally just opened up to you and you... <sighs> Motherfucker. All right, fine. So she takes her in and she goes and finally plants the 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 plant that Leon had in the pot and carry with them everywhere she plants it outside so it finally has roots and that implies that she finally has roots and she probably grows up to be a really well maintained hit person because as soon as she's able, I'm sure she went back to Tony and was like, "Put me to work, I want to make more monies and she's
2: that's black the end widow. of the movie
0: hmm? she's black widow more or less, yeah. More or less. So again, Brandon, with this being your first time seeing the movie, a, what'd you think? B, Stansfield's the shit, ain't he? Yeah, I mean he's the MVP.
2: Uh, I mean the movie's cool. It was it was a cool watch. I didn't watch the long
0: ass version. I was going to say, stay watched. away from that fucking extended version. But
2: uh, I did watch. I did like the movie a lot.
0: I think the regular version is like an hour and thirty minutes long something like that and so the extended version one hour and eight minutes long no 108 minutes oh so one hour, one hour and 48 minutes long um which means the extended version is 133 <sighs> isn't that what you said shante
1: yeah it's it's over two hours
0: it's 132 minutes long so there's an extra 24 minutes of fuckery and her asking Leon to be her lover. Other things that could have been deleted from the movie were her and him playing the guess who type dress up game where she dressed up like Madonna and danced around singing like a virgin. Mm-hmm. Now with all of that said, still for the most part, enjoy this movie a lot. I thought Natalie Portman did a great job in her first role she was young in this movie like she was a little kid this is like her her motion picture debut she was 12 or she was 11 i'm sorry and i thought that she did incredible too um gary oldman did incredible jean renault did what he does i've seen him in other movies i saw him in what uh the expendables and same dude. Um, I saw him in. What else? The, the Five Bloods. Same dude. Uh Alex Cross. Same dude. Couple of retreat. He wasn't the same dude, but he was close. He was just a freaky ass motherfucker. So I saw him in a lot of movies and he does well being the same dude. Shante, what were your thoughts?
1: I actually think that Natalie Portman is the MVP. Even though all the different stuff is really fucked up, like the stuff that she's having to do is Mm -hmm. fucked up, but she executes it in such an intense way that it's just, I think that her exit, I think that if she had executed what she had to do. In a way that didn't seem believable, that didn't seem like she was really a live person doing this. Like, like she, whatever she did, whatever she tapped into to create this character, she did it. Like that was it, wasn't it wasn't like Matilda. This is a real person that she was creating. And I think she's and that's why I think she's the MVP of the movie. But I also understand why what she tapped into made at least American audiences uncomfortable because she it was really real it wasn't a 12 year old kind of pretending something kind of playing at it it felt like that was a real whatever you thought a real 12 year old who understood whatever it is that they were attempting to do whether they really could understand it once the rubber met the road like for real for real but just whatever she was attempting to do she was really embodying what somebody might do in that situation like i'm trying to flirt with you this is what it looks like very much and so so, you know it's uncomfortable it's not cool but as a but natalie portman for lack of a better term pulls off whatever this character is supposed to be and you don't get that I like for whatever old boy wrote you don't get that without you don't get what we see without her pulling it off and I think it speaks to how good of an actor she is yeah then because she yeah she at it, 11 her.
0: at yeah. 11 like yo you know what I didn't even think about it like that but 11 she without this movie or without her in this movie, rather don't nothing move without the money. And if she played this any other way, everybody would have been laughing at the role that she was playing. Like it wouldn't have been an uncomfortable thing. Um I mean, it would have still been uncomfortable, but somebody else with less talent could have came in there and played it completely different and would have been like a, a You know who else I could have saw playing this role at that age and making it like doing this well of a job? And I hadn't seen her again for a really long time. What did I end up seeing her again on recently, very recently? Anna Klumsky or Chumsky or whatever the girl's name, the girl from My Girl? From My Girl, yeah. She's the only other person I could have saw in this time era doing this role. What did I see her in recently? Because she did wonderfully in it as an adult. Um. Now I'm gonna have to look it up, and I'm gonna have problems because her last name. Oh, not really hard to spell. Who fucking knew? It just looks like it's hard as hell to spell. Um. But yeah, I can see that. Oh, she was in Veep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I saw her in recently because I sat down and watched that whole show. She was hilarious. She was believable, and she was a good actor, a good actress even back then. So um, I can definitely see Natalie getting the MVP out of this. I could see how she would have made um, shit in the sunshine because honestly, um, if I'm her and I'm looking at this script, I'm like, wait, what? You want me to do what? And say what? And also shout out to her parents. Because if my parents had read that script, they would have been like, you want my kid to smoke and cuss, and you want her to hit on some old-ass man Mm -hmm. constantly? Nah. We're going to pass on that one, and we're going to take this thing that Disney's got going on. uh, Clarissa knows it all, or, or whatever the fuck. Like, you out your fucking mind, Luke. And now she's Thor. And now she's Thor. I can't fucking wait. Natalie Portman is such a fucking talent. And it was an absolute joy to see her um, doing this role. But like I said, that whole guess who segment of the movie was just fucking stupid. So I could do without that. Um, Other trivia. Benny, the dude who was standing at the door when Stan came, when they burst into the uh, Matilda's family's uh, apartment and murdered everybody. Benny was the one who shot who shot at Malky when he came out because he was so nervous. The big bald dude looked like he was black. Uh, His real name was Keith Glasgow. And he later became a member of the New York Fire Department. uh, Ladder Company 21 in Hell's Kitchen. And courageously, he uh, passed away in the collapse of the World Trade Center Towers on September 11th. So love and respect. Shout out to him for that. Uh, Natalie Portman beat out 2,000 other actresses to get the role in Matilda. Um, and the one thing that Natalie Portman's parents were worried about was the smoking. So they worked out a contract with Luke that there could only be five smoking scenes in the film and that she could never be seen to inhale or exhale smoke and that she would give up smoking during the course of the film. Hmm. Which is dope. So, also, so,
1: hmm. so the parents say the only thing that they cared about was the smoking, right? Was
0: well, the smoking? Yep.
1: So it makes me wonder. It it makes me it it makes me feel like it goes back to how what our perceptions of what we're seeing is versus whatever the director is, whatever the parents are seeing. Whatever the director is telling the parents is what's going on and everything. Because because you would think that if they thought Natalie Portman was going to be in danger, put in an awkward position, come off as something other than a child, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have let her do it. Now, that's not a guarantee. You never know because, you know, show parents let kids do all kinds of shit. But just to be like, oh, well, the only thing we was worried about was the smoking, not her, you know, prancing around in a bra, not her asking for a man to kiss her or anything like that. I wonder what the director really said or what they saw in the script or whatever to make them feel like this isn't
0: pedophilic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's
0: a good question. And i don't i don't think that there is a commentary the 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 some of the movies that i bought off voodoo have extra commentary tracks this one doesn't so um not quite sure (sighs) is this movie better or worse than the fifth element brandon
2: I haven't seen a fifth album in a long time. I remember it being good. So I'm going gonna, gonna to say worse, but I haven't seen it in a long time.
0: Okay. You just wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. So, yeah, I think that about uh, sums it all up. Oh, also, Liv Tyler was considered for the part of Matilda. But she was too old because she was 15.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. That could have went Oh man. Yeah. See cuz then it cuz see this and this is the other thing too is I like cuz thinking of Liv Tyler, Tyler, like Liv Tyler is very shapely. Is
0: yes. a
1: is a is a shapely woman and was a shapely teenager.
0: Yes. There was a movie and, M- Empire Records was it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I mean she's even I think she was even in a uh Oh, what is it? That crazy, I think, is what it was. The uh, video, you know, it with her and Alicia Aerosmith, Silverstone, yeah, the Aerosmith, video. yeah. And so, yeah, she's, you know, she's clearly a tall woman, and she is a a shapely woman, and so yeah. Oh, this would have hit way different
0: yeah. with
1: someone with a different body type. This would, this, yeah, and and I and I feel like. Yeah, it almost there's a point where it feels like on the one hand, it feels like it's supposed to be titillating or whatever or weird. And on the other hand, because Natalie Portman is clearly a prepubescent girl, like mm-hmm. clearly, clearly. That it almost seems plausible that Jean Reno's character really is not with it. It's just like no, this is like it. It it almost feels plausible that he really is playing it as like no, 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 no. I'm not thinking about this at all. There is no temptation or anything. It's just like I am not with it. Mm-hmm. That I don't think plays
0: with live Tyler
1: uh, with a, with live Tyler or a different body shape.
0: Yeah, definitely, because at any given moment that she's on the screen, it feels like and that's why when that's that's why I said what I was saying, that it feels like. It's almost like paternal, and then she keeps talking and you find out that it's not, but it's, it's because of the way she looks like there's no <laughs> I'm laughing and I don't mean to laugh when I say this because it's actually pretty fucking uncomfortable. But there's no there's no guile in her eyes when she's talking to this dude. There's no... She doesn't know how to look sultry or anything like that. Like, she just looks like a kid who's talking to somebody, almost like she's playing house or something. Like, I'm going to work now. Here's my car. Vroom, vroom. If it was somebody else who... If it was a I don't I don't know. I don't know a lot of actresses at that age and I, I don't want to think about it. But yeah, I'm just glad that it worked out the way that it was. Um with her doing the role. But yeah, uh like we said, the original cut of the film had more scenes with awkward sexual tension, uh, but those scenes were later cut out for the American release but were included in the 1996 European release as well as in the deleted scenes at a special edition DVD, which is what we saw. Uh, The yellow and green capsules that Stansfield takes is Librium, a sedative,
1: Oh, I just said, oh my God. Okay, I didn't know what that, because I didn't know what, I was curious what they were, but okay.
0: It's a sedative and hypnotic medication of the benzodiazepine class. It's used to treat anxiety, insomnia, and withdrawal symptoms from alcohol and or drug abuse.
3: Okay. Which
0: led to people theorizing that he was addicted to drugs. And that's why he was acting so erratically throughout the movie.
2: That makes sense.
1: Sure.
0: Um, let's see. God damn it. In the original script, Leon accidentally walks in on Matilda when she's in the bathroom. As Leon opens the door, she's naked and is just brushing her hair. He takes a towel and gives it to her. I'm so glad that they chose not to do these things. But the fact that he wrote it, I mean, I know that you you did express that pretty eloquently that maybe the parents knew that he was actually writing this and her, their child would be protected and all that. But reading this stuff is just like wild. Yeah.
1: It comes off weird. It, It comes off really, really, really weird. And I think in some case, in some ways, because the movie is shot well, like it looks good, that I just don't know if maybe that carries it over in some ways cuz like I looked at the 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 reviews not the reviews but the the stars the ratings and it's almost 5 stars.
0: Oh yes. Almost universally like, praised.
1: Yeah, like this is a highly rated movie and yet it's still just kind of sketchy. And I hadn't ever seen the extended cut before. But even the other stuff, just the the regular movie, it just felt like it was kind of sketchy mm-hmm. or had a sketchy vibe around it. So, but, you know, motherfuckers love it. You know, it's, it's because of Gary Oldman.
0: As a reminder, Gary Oldman on single simulcast was uh, voted number two on the villain list. I think he was inducted into the Hall of Fame only got like three people in there. If you want to know, I'll tell you, cause I don't really care. The three people, number one was Gary Oldman. Like he was inducted for all of his roles, including the guy that he played in the, in the fifth element. Uh, the second person who was inducted into the hall of fame was Alan Rickman because of Hans Gruber and also because of um, Snape. And then I think that the third person that we elected was, Dolores Umbridge. It was okay. a wild time. Yeah. But yes. Ah oh, God. This movie. If you never watch the extended version, you'll think this movie's great. If you watch the extended version once, you will look at the extended version with a side eye like a motherfucker, but the movie is still a good action movie with a lot of extraneous shit that doesn't need to be in it. I think that's the best way to put it. With that said, next week... More (laughs) movies. Huh? More movies. Yeah. But this next movie... Shantae, go ahead and turn on your video for a second. I need to look you right in the eye when I say this shit. Because... For the next movie we are going to a land far far away in Toronto Canada <laughs> oh <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> our next movie is Scott Pilgrim versus the motherfucking world
1: <laughs> okay
0: yeah Brandon's already shaking his head <laughs> I am thrilled. Brandon, you didn't like Scott Pilgrim? Uh, I do.
2: I've enjoyed this much. It's just eclectic choice of films.
0: It's a very eclectic choice of films. You're right. It is. I was going to put Fresh on here, like I said, but I decided to do um, the movie we did last week instead. So, yeah. But, Shante, tell the folks where they can find you at, things of that nature.
1: Uh, Yeah, if you want to follow me on social media, I am at Shantae Fabulous. That is S-H-A-N-T-A and fabulous spelled like the word, not the rapper. And outside of that. Yeah, that's it. I'm everywhere. Shantae Fabulous on social media.
0: You know, Shantae, you listen to podcasts, right? Yeah. Okay, so there's two podcasts that I really want you to check out. They're both made by the same person. Uh, One is called Mogul, and it's by this guy named Brandon Jenkins. And every single season, he examines something that happened in hip-hop. One season, he talked about uh, Uncle Luke and the Miami bass scene. One season, he talked about, I want to say, Tupac and Biggie. Or that might have been on his other show, Slow Burn, but I think it was on Mogul. And this season, he's talking about uh, DJ Screw. And it's really, really interesting. And then the other show that he did is with this guy from ESPN named Shay Serrano, and it's a show called no skips. And they talk about classic hip hop albums. And so they did, um, Stankonia by outcast already. And they did it's dark and hell is hot by DMX. And this next week, they're doing Thug uh, Religion 101 by young, by uh, Jeezy. Okay. But it's really dope. I think y'all both will like that one. Okay. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Brandon, you, um, on the other hand, true crime type shit, um, I will send you a list because I have a, an absolute list of motherfuckers um, on Twitter that you should follow and then check out their shows because their stuff is all dope. Okay. everybody thank you so much for checking us out uh you can leave a review for us on pod chaser uh the cool thing about pod chaser that you're gonna leave a review for the episode or the show as a whole i i'd like for you to do both um you can also leave a review on apple Podcasts and on stitcher uh, you can email us at hindsight movie reviews at gmail.com that's r-e-v-u-e-s uh, we're on Twitter at hindsight review. Uh, that's R-E-V-U-E-S. Um, Brandon is on Twitter at that cool Blick nerd. That's B-O-K. I'm on Twitter at Rashani. Um, become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Uh, the cool thing about that is we have a whole lot of like bonus content, like a whole bunch from all of our different shows. Um, and you can also help us get movies by going to buymeacoffee.com slash SSCast. Voicemail number is 916-633-1537. Yeah. I think that's about it. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Music for Hindsight is Coffee by Cambo Smith, and it's from the Free Music Archive.
3: This This is Single Simulcast.